Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's up, y'all, and welcome back into another episode of Believe in the ATP Tour. I'm your host, Jacob Sersosimo, and today you're listening on the Believe Network. The Miami Open is officially over, and no, nobody won the Sunshine Double this year. It was close, especially on the women's side. It was really, really close, but no one won it this year. Ironically, my pick to win Miami won Indian Wells, and my pick to win Indian Wells won Miami. I had them flipped, guys. That was like I just had them messed up. That's what happened. But there were great tennis in Miami over the last couple of weeks, a week and a half, I think, to be exact. The winner of the Miami Open is Daniil Medvedev. That is his 19th career title. And he had, prior to coming to Miami, he had not making it to the Miami Open final. And that was the only hardcore Masters 1000 final he had not been to yet. And with that win in the semifinals to get to the final and eventually winning it over Yannick Sinner, which I'll get to in a second, he's made it to all the finals in the Masters 1000s that are hard court. And now he has added another title to his name. Daniil Medvedev, a great week and a half and a really a great five weeks. Over the course of five weeks or five tournaments, I should say, he has won four of them. Incredible. He was on a hot streak going into Indian Wells. And then when he got to Indian Wells... He lost in the final, but he still made the final there and was fantastic. And then all of a sudden he gets to Miami and he gets it done in Miami. An incredible month and a half for Daniil Medvedev. He is playing some of the hottest tennis in the sport right now, if not the best player in the world at this moment. And while we're talking about Medvedev and everything that he's doing right now, he's 27 years old and at this moment he has reached the final of every hardcore Grand Slam, every hardcore Masters 1000, and Every well, and the ATP finals, which is also a hard court, incredible. He he's won it uh, in Miami. He's won it in Canada, Cincinnati, U.S. Open, Shanghai, Paris, ATP finals. He's got second at the Australian Open. Got second at Indian Wells. Like legit in the sport right now. Daniil Medvedev is him. Like he is him in the sport right now. An incredible, incredible feat. By the 27-year-old. And every time you think, you know, he might be falling off or, oh, he's not back to where he was when he won the U.S. Open or played really well against Rafa in the U.S. Open in 2019 or, you know, stretch five sets at the Aussie Open a couple years back, Daniil Medvedev just comes back stronger than ever. The odds were against him last year not being able to play in some tournaments, and he comes back and he's stronger than ever. Daniil Medvedev is the first player to reach five-plus ATP-level finals before the clay court's season since Roger Federer did in 2006 there's a joke right now going on that like he's playing so hot and then they're going into clay court season Daniil Medvedev has been known for not liking the clay courts like it's it's not a surprise that he doesn't like clay courts and so it's kind of funny that uh he's riding this streak into the clay court season because does does the does the streak continue I don't know and I don't even know how many clay court tournaments he's actually going to end up playing just because I know he's not a massive fan of the clay courts. He actually doesn't really like the surface at all, and he's made that pretty clear in years past. But Daniil Medvedev, what he did in Miami, nothing short of amazing, and it was awesome to witness. Now, there were some other things that happened in Miami that we got to get to because 
This tournament was wild. Let's go straight to the quarterfinals. At the top of the bracket, very top, Alcaraz, not a surprise there, had to play Taylor Fritz, who got a big win over Holger Rune in the round of 16. Carlos Alcaraz won that, obviously. Um, just the level of tennis he's playing right now beats Fritz 6-4, 6-2. Shocking score, but he did the deed. Uh, Rusevari had to play Yannick Sinner in the quarters. Uh, Sinner takes care of business there, setting up Sinner and Alcaraz, which I'll get to here in a second. Chris Eubanks, his run comes to an end as he loses to Daniel Medvedev in straight sets, but Eubanks, one heck of a tournament for Eubanks and kind of one that kind of puts him on the map a little bit. His best tournament this far and he's just played outstanding tennis in Miami, which he said he would do because he, he felt like he had a good chance because of the surface, and it played well to his strengths he was talking about one day on Tennis Channel. So, uh, you know, very happy for him. He's American. Uh, he's fun to watch, and uh, great, great tournament. Hopefully he can use that moving forward here into the clay courts. Uh, Serendolo had to play Hachinov, Hachinov into the quarterfinals after Hachinov beat Stefano Tsitsipas. So Hachinov, great tournament too. Medvedev goes on to the final. I already talked about him. He won the whole thing. But Yannick Sinner and Carlos Alcaraz go at it in a three-set match. This match was outstanding. Back four, three hours, one minute, 42-second match. Uh, first set's a tiebreaker. Then Yannick Sinner loses the first set, wins the second set 6-4, and wins the third 6-2. I believe Alcaraz asked for a medical timeout at one point during this, so I don't know how healthy he was during the whole thing. But Yannick Sinner has kind of been living in the shadow of Carlos Alcaraz when it comes to the real young players in this sport. And because Alcaraz has been so successful, this was somewhat of a rivalry, but Sinner was losing all the big matches against Alcaraz in the big moments. Wow, what a win for Yannick Sinner. Really moving forward because he struggled uh, against him in these big moments. And for him to get this big win in the semifinals of a Masters 1000 in Miami where Carlos Alcaraz won the tournament a year ago, an outstanding win for Yannick Sinner to put him into the final of this Masters 1000. Now, he does lose to Daniil Medvedev. Not great for him. But, wow, what an incredible, incredible week for Yannick Sinner. This has got to be awesome for him moving forward. The, the hard part is sometimes Miami, I've heard, plays really, really fast, and it really caters to these guys, and especially with the hard, you know, the hard court swing there is here in March and February where they go the Sunshine Double at Indian Wells, then they go to Miami, hard court, hard court, hard court. Certain players are playing really good tennis, then they go straight to clay. And the clay court season is upon us, and I'm going to get through that at the very end of this episode. But those guys go from playing outstanding tennis to it halts a little bit because they got to switch everything and go from a really fast surface to a really slow surface in clay. An interesting take from Taylor Fritz about his loss to uh, – Carlos Alcaraz, I thought this was a very interesting quote. He said, it's impossible to keep up with his rhythm. He goes, I've played the big three and I could breathe better um, against them than against Carlos Alcaraz. Uh, sometimes it seems like Alcaraz just can overwhelm people, right? Like just he's on top of every single ball and he hits it with such pace that it seems overwhelming for certain people at times. And it's fun to watch. Um, it looks suffocating to play against. It's almost like... Uh, what Andy Roddick said about Novak Djokovic and how he suffocates his opponent sometimes. That's sometimes how I feel like with Carlos Alcaraz because Alcaraz plays so well, but he also just is right on top of the ball and he's right on top of you and you. it seems like these players just can't get much past him. So uh, a massive quote, I think, from Taylor Fritz about how you know he thinks that you know it's just a different style of game, but... 
as far as like the pace, he goes, I just felt like I couldn't, you know, breathe against Carlos Alcaraz. Uh, very, very interesting take from him there. Sticking with the men's side, we do want to mention something. A big win in doubles by Santiago Gonzalez and Edward Roger Vaseline. It sounds like these guys have uh, really kind of been through it. They made they got second in Indian Wells in 2022. Uh, they made the semifinal in Cincinnati. They got a semi, another semifinal in Indian Wells this year. Finally win this Masters 1000 together uh, here in Miami. So congrats to those two. And a, uh, a big tournament for them in doubles. Uh, sometimes with these Masters 1000s, you think, you know, some of these single players are going to make a run, but it really shows you how hard doubles is uh, when these doubles players that are specialized in it, uh, you can't just be singles and come over and win in doubles. Uh, it's a specialty. It's a craft. And these guys, you know, are at the top of their game and really, really good. Let's head over to the women's side. Uh, Jessica Pagula, a great tournament, and she's been playing fantastic tennis as of late, Pagula actually making it all the way to the semifinals, and she's the first American to reach back-to-back -back semifinals in Miami since Serena Williams. Not bad company by Jessica Pagula. Unfortunately, the road kind of stops there for her as Elena Rabakina beats her in the semifinals. Rabakina, if you remember, she won Indian Wells. She's playing great tennis. She's had an incredible, you know, last 10 months or so, especially with winning Wimbledon last year. So she makes it all the way to the final. But on the bottom side of the bracket, this Cirstea had a great tournament. This Serana Cirstea, I don't know who that is. I've never heard of her before this, unranked. Uh, but she beats Arena Sabalenka on her way to play Petra Kvitova. And Kvitova beats her. And Kvitova goes on to spoil a sunshine double for Rabakina and win this title at the age of 33. Petra Kvitova fantastic tennis she played this week. And to get a big win like this, I feel like Petra Kvitova hasn't been, you know, winning these types of tournaments for a while. And she comes in and gets it done in Miami, and she beats some of the best players to do it. It's not like it was all upsets and she got a cruise right to the final. Um, she went right for it, and I thought it was awesome. Uh, it looks like singles titles, now she has... 30 singles titles and because she, she got one here in 2023 so that'll be one year to date uh amazing she was once career high is uh number two in the world i don't think she'll get there again but she's starting to play really successful tennis again and i tell you what she's fun to watch when she plays like that because she's you know she's tall she's lengthy she has a big left hand and she's entertaining to watch for sure and to beat rabakina on this stage Wow, I mean, it's hard to do because Rabakina has just played so well on really every surface for the last 10, 10 12 months. And uh, it was awesome to see Petra Gravitova get that title. On the women's side, it's Coco Goff and Jessica Pagula, the dynamic duo in the doubles, beating Layla Fernandez and Taylor Townsend. A little bit different on the women's side, not necessarily doubles players, all four of these. I mean, they're all good at doubles, really good, but a lot of them are known for their singles. And also playing really well on the double side. But Coco Goff, Pagula, double tiebreaker they win in the in the semis. And then in the final, they win tiebreaker 6-2 in the second set. So a great win for them, a great title for them. And uh, it's cool to see Coco Goff and Jessica Pagula, especially in doubles. Coco Goff has been so good at doubles for so long. It's cool to see her, you know, get some recognition, some more recognition there in doubles and also get a title like this under her belt with such a good partner in Jessica Pagula.
Overall, did I like Miami? Uh, yeah, I did. I think the Miami tournament's a really good tournament. I know there's been talk. There's always talk how, you know, the center court in Hard Rock Stadium was a little quicker, you know, plays a lot differently than the outside courts. Uh, but I think overall, it gets the names there, right? Like uh, Luka Doncic and Jimmy Butler were at, you know, Hard Rock Stadium watching Carlos Alcaraz. I think it gets names there because of how big, you know, a big of a venue that Miami is for superstars where Palm Springs necessarily isn't necessarily a spot that a lot of celebrities are at. Because uh, a lot, you know, if it was in LA, it'd be different. But in Miami, it's accessible for a lot of stars. And that's why I think a lot of stars come out. It's good for the game, I think. Uh, Miami's always during a tough time of year with March Madness, so it competes with a lot. But overall, I thought Miami was awesome. I thought Carlos Alcaraz was going to do it, win the Sunshine Double officially, and get this one. But, uh, that is not what happened, but happy for Daniil. Really excited to see how he does on clay. And I think I think my hot take is uh, he wins a clay court tournament. That's my hot take for the next month and a half. I don't know which one. I don't know if he can do it, but uh, I think that's the hot take I'm going to go with. And I'm going to ride with it. So if he does win one, come back and listen to this podcast. Cut this out. Uh, I was correct, and remember that, that I was right about him winning a clay court tournament. If he doesn't, forget I ever said it. Um, <laughs> moving on, the last couple things I want to get to in this episode. Clay is next. Clay is right around the corner. That is what's happening in the sport of tennis right now. Uh, this tournament's over. The hard court swing in America is over, and it's time to get to Clay. One thing about grass moving forward, it looks like Russian and Belarusian players will be able to play at Wimbledon this year. Daniil Medvedev is going to be able to go there. He could win that. Like that that's no joke. Like he plays really well on grass. So, he'll be there. It looks like uh, Hachinov, all those players will be able to be there. So that's a good sign for really tennis and and those players that we miss at those grand slams. Um like I've said before, a little bit out of their control, but uh you know, Novak not coming to America is totally in his control. These players not being able to play in Wimbledon was a little bit, well, it was out of their control. Um, they didn't start a war. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. But it's good to see them back at it and being able to play at Wimbledon. I'm getting a little long-winded, so I think I'm going to take a break, and uh, that's going to be it for this podcast. Appreciate you listening. Miami was awesome. I loved watching it. It was fun to watch. It's always entertaining. Uh, tennis is out of America for a little bit when it comes to big, big tournaments, really until the hardcore swing here at the end of July, maybe. I mean, there's other tournaments here, but big, big tournaments. Uh, it's going to be a couple months. So Roland Garros around the corner. Clay court season's around the corner. Wimbledon's right after that. And then it's the summer, and we get rolling here when it comes to tennis all the way around the world. So appreciate you listening. I will see you next time, and we're going to get to some news next time. I promise you that. Adios. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.